Welcome to the latest episode of Women's Hockey Digest. I'm your host Stephen Edwards and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jackie Greco and Ashley Johnston. First up is Jackie Greco. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Jackie Greco. Jackie, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm doing well. We're sitting here chatting away on a Friday just before another weekend of National Women's Hockey League action. But before we get talking about that and the Buttes as a whole, let's get to know you a little bit better. So where did you grow up and when did you first start playing hockey? Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, started playing hockey when I was about three years old. My um, older brother started playing and um, it just seemed natural that my mom was taking him to the rink, so might as well get me involved. So I started playing on his team and um, played with the boys for a while, and it just kind of evolved and eventually got onto a girls' team and um, have playing been playing in Buffalo ever since. Excellent. Were there any players you enjoyed watching growing up, or did you root for the Sabres? Oh, yeah, I was a big Sabres fan. Um, I really liked Michael Pekka, um, Rob Ray to a point, uh, Marty Baran, um, pretty much big Sabres fan, not not much outside of that. And of course, you were a kid when the um, when the Sabres went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I suppose you must remember something about that. Yeah, the no goal, of course. <laughs> um, so I was, I forget how old I was, but, or 99, so I was eight years old. Um, I remember I accidentally fell asleep because it went into overtime. Yeah. And when I woke up to go, when I finally woke up, I went looked to my dad and I go, is it over? He goes, it's over. They lost. And I remember I was so disappointed, but um, I remember I fell asleep and didn't actually see it, but um, it was kind of heartbreaking, even at a young age. So you still stand by the fact it wasn't a go? Yes, of course. <laughs> so to this day, absolutely. Yes, we're kind of tainted with that in Buffalo, as you probably know, but um, our sports teams are kind of turning around, so I have a lot of hope, and I'll always be a Bill Sabers fan till I die. Excellent! And you attended mm-hmm. Syracuse University. Why did you feel that was the best place for you? Oh, um, you know, I my parents always would travel to take me to games when I was in high school and growing up. And you know, um, being in Buffalo, we had the opportunity to play a lot in Canada, so we would go on in tournaments in Canada. And we would travel to the East Coast for um, prep for the prep schools over there, and you know, just kind of um, looking at schools and hockey together. I wanted something that my parents could definitely come and watch me play, and also have a great education and a great experience at the same time. And when it finally came down to it, um, Syracuse kind of fit perfectly in that. It was close to home, and um, the school is beautiful and has a great education program and. The, Hockey was great too, so kind of just all fit together, and I I truly enjoyed my experience there. It was it was awesome. You was captain the final year you were there. How much did that mean to you? Oh, that was awesome. Um, I got voted uh, assistant captain my junior year, and then captain my senior year, and it kind of just gave me a, uh, more confidence as as a player and a teammate. You know, I, I knew all the younger girls looked up to me, so you know, kind of taking them along in the journey that I, I went through was, it was a, it was a nice honor. Um, and yeah, like representing my school and representing my team was, was really fun that year. I, I loved it. 
And of course, after Syracuse, there was a bit of a break before you joined the NWHL. Did you think that maybe your hockey career would come to an end after Syracuse? Um, it was kind of a weird sort of ending. Like I never had that, like, you know, hang up the skate photo or, you know, tweet or Facebook post that I was retiring because, you know, I always thought hockey would be a part of my life, whether it was playing on in like our league teams, pickup games, going for random tournaments for the Empire State games. You know, I always just kind of knew it would be a part of my life. And, you know, when this opportunity presented itself, I said, why not? You know, I love hockey and it's not like, it's not a burden to me. I love doing it every single day. So, so I kind of uh, took the opportunity and uh, was a free agent the second season and um, landed on the butte. So it was, um, it was pretty awesome. And I, I, I'm so glad I took that opportunity when it came to it. What do you remember most about that first game as a butte? Um, well, I had been out of playing hockey for uh, about a year and a half. So the main thing, and I'm sure a lot of girls will agree with me, is getting into game shape is, is a little different than being in shape. is different than getting into game shape. Um, so it definitely co- took a couple games, I would say maybe a month to get back into that game shape and, you know, kind of adjusting to the different speed and skill that is, that you're used to in college, you know, in uh, my first season, um, a bunch of the Olympians and USA girls were in the league. So that's even a whole nother level of competition and the speed and the skill in this league is, is so much better than in college. And, And you don't really, can't really tell until you're, you've gone, you're out of college and back in this league you know, I never thought I had a weak shot in college. I actually thought I had one of the harder shots in college until I came to this league is when I was like, oh, shit, I need to get my shot harder because everybody else's shot is harder. So, you know, kind of getting up to that level um, took probably a couple months for me, but um, I'm glad I worked up to that. I took extra training sessions, ex- extra ice sessions to get to that level. And I, I'd say right now I'm pretty much on par with, everyone on this level, uh, speed and skill-wise. Brian Chaos, how does it feel being a part of something in the beginning, especially representing home? Um, it's awesome. I mean, I I wish I was here for the very first year, but um, to be here on the second year, especially the year that we won, was amazing. And obviously playing for my hometown city is awesome too because Again, I grew up looking up to the Sabres, you know, always wanting to be a Buffalo Sabres. So this is kind of like that next best thing, you know. Um, And, you know, being part of the One Buffalo family is also an honor, too, because we are now associated with the Bills, Sabres, Bandits, Amherst, and the Google family. So it's been a great honor to represent my city. And of course, you mentioned now winning the Isabel Cup in the first season. I mean, not a bad way to start your NWHL career, is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you feel any extra pressure this season coming in as champions? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we were, uh, I would say, and I bet people can agree, we were definitely the underdogs in that that game and probably throughout the year. But, you know, we really strung on a last um, really good four games at the end of the season last year. And that kind of actually led us to our championship. So definitely coming back into this year, you know, um, the league kind of shifted a little bit again because we lost all the USA girls. So um, everyone kind of had to reset and, you know, kind of reevaluate what type of team they're going to be. 
And I think coming into the year as the champions and only losing three to four Olympians, we kind of had that advantage because we, we pretty much had a similar team to last year coming into the, this year. So, you know, everyone wants to beat the previous champion. So definitely target on our back. And, you know, after um, playing in a great game against the Riz, our last game, you know, I think we have a, an even bigger target now coming into this last stretch of the season. Yeah, I always say to people, it's hard enough trying to get to the very top and win the championship, mm-hmm. but it's even harder to then defend that championship. Exactly, yes. Outside of winning the Isabel Cup, what have been some of your favorite Beats memories so far? You know, I, I really, I just love our team and, you know, we all get along and Buffalo is a small enough, yeah, big enough city where we can all kind of hang out together and um, do some things outside of hockey. And I think that's really important to, you know, for the girls to be together outside of hockey, whether it's coaching together or just hanging out. Um, but I think getting to know the girls and, you know, going on these, uh, we have a couple of road trips coming up. I think those are going to be fun because we haven't had a lot of, we haven't had a lot of road trips in a while, actually. So, you know, getting together and being on the road and, you know, being in a different environment, I think is, is really fun for the girls. And it's something I look forward to. How do you tend to spend those road trips? I mean, we always hang out on the bus together. Um, sometimes we play games on our phones or computers, um, but as a group. Um, and then, you know, we, we're going to get into Boston early on Saturday. So we'll probably bring some, um, board games to, to play in one of the rooms. Um, but yeah, just kind of getting together and almost kind of disconnecting because, um, you know, that's a little distracting. So just being together, um, in a room or hanging out in the lobby, I think is one of the things we look forward to. Do you have any other game day rituals? Um, game day rituals? We just started, um, actually, I just got recruited to be on the spike ball team. So um, I'm going to start playing spike ball before the games, and it kind of gets a little intense. But we, right now we have four girls that play, um, and we're going to be doing that before games. So that will be part of my new routine going forward. But you can't wait to get started in the playoffs again. Of course, yes. Um, you know, this is, a, this is one of those times of the year that everything's kind of just, you know, mistakes are kind of, you know, every mistake is kind of seen. So we got to be on, on point with everything. And that means everyone's at practice, everyone's learning systems, learning new, you know, power plays, new kills, and, you know, it'll all translate to our game when we come, comes game time. And of course you touched on it earlier on. It seems so in 2018, the Buttes have been on fire since that calendar turned to January 1st. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we had a, I mean, since our year, yeah, we've had um, some great games, you know, we, we've had some shootout wins, overtime wins, so, again, nothing's been a, a blowout, I would say, everything's been really competitive, and I and I almost think every team's kind of gotten better in this new year, it's, um, and I think that's how it's just, you know, we, all these teams only practice two times a week together, so it, it kind of takes a little bit to get to know each other, so I think right now um, is, like, the most is the best time that every team is going to have with each other. You know, everyone's practiced this many times together, played this number of games with each other. So I think really the the competition is really going to heat up right after this all-star break. So it's going to be a wild ride till March. How do you feel about the playoff mm-hmm. format being a one and done? 
Um, I kind of wish it was a little more than one and done, but um, I have confidence in myself that we can, you know, we can handle um, whatever seated team we get coming into Buffalo. You know, we have, we, I think we have the greatest fans in the league and, you know, they really came out to support us these last couple games. And I think having this home playoff um, game, our city is going to really thrive on it. You know, we've been without a home hockey slash football game, playoff game in a long time. So I think this city is ready for it. And I think um, we're going to have a great game on March 17th. Yeah, see, home playoff games have never been fun for me, being a Miami Dolphins fan. And I've seen many a, a playoff <laughs> misery every time Miami yeah. used to go to Buffalo in the cold. So, yeah, home yeah. playoff games in Buffalo tend to be fun. And, of course, we know we're going to have that at the end of the season. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for the playoffs. You can't. Everyone else. But for now, Jackie, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'd like to wish you and the Buttes all the best for the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. Great stuff. And Jackie, now time for Ashley Johnston. Delighted to welcome to the podcast, Ashley Johnston. Ashley, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Good. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, I'm doing very well. I've been kind of dodging the snow all day and trying to deal with uh, children being let out of school because the school can't stay open. So it's been a bit up and down today. And I feel like I'm almost on the east coast of the United States during the winter. Yeah, lots of snow this winter, that's for sure. <laughs> I think I've avoided that on many trips when I've been over to the East Coast. So um, I've done pretty well, but I don't tend to uh, travel over there in the winter. But it's a pleasure to have you on, as I say. And before we start talking about the Riveters, let's get to know you a little bit better. So where did you grow up and when did you first start playing hockey? Uh, so I grew up in Burlington, Ontario. So obviously lots of snow up in Canada. Um, so I started playing, uh, actually ringette, uh, which is very similar to hockey up there. Then I switched over to hockey when I was about, uh, 12 and I've been playing ever since. And were there any players you enjoyed watching growing up or a particular team that you like watching? Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, definitely growing up, they were, uh, the team I really liked. My dad did some work in Montreal, so I'd always uh, bring back some uh, little souvenirs from their games. Um, then I was always a big fan of uh, Dion Phaneuf when I was in high school and growing up. He always managed to have some pretty big hits, and uh, it was a very good player that I idolized. This is it, one of the storied franchises in the NHL that's had a lot of success and one of the teams we associate going back to the original days of the NHL. Yeah, they're, uh, they got a lot of history there in Montreal. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome organization. Obviously hasn't done too well this year, but uh, you know, I'm hoping next year they'll be able to, to kind of pull it around. This is it. It's been a very busy week in the NHL due to the uh, trade deadline yesterday. But let's get back to yourself. And you played college hockey at Union College. Why did you feel that was a college for you? Uh, at the time, they just the, the coach uh, Claudia Barcom. Um, she came up to my hometown, uh, just talked with me in a local co- coffee shop, and um it just seemed to be a really good fit she invited me to go down for a uh official recruiting trip i went down and right away it just felt like home 
um, between the rank is like a beautiful old old barn style, and they had a really good engineering program. So between the two and the small campus, small college feel, uh, it just was really a really really good fit for me, um, both academically and uh, athletically. And hey, I loved every second that I was there. I actually still live pretty close to campus. Um, you know, I think. My four years at Union was possibly uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had. Excellent. And you joined the NWHL for the 2015-2016 season. How did that opportunity come about? Uh, So I I heard the rumors of the league starting. So I talked with my college coach and she got me a tryout for um, for a, a camp down in New York City and I went down and I got invited to another camp in Boston. So I went to that one. And um, next thing I knew, I was signing a contract for the New York Riveters, which was uh, it was kind of a whirlwind. It all happened at once. And it's uh, been a whirlwind since. But it's been um, something. It's just been an absolutely fabulous experience. I mean, it's not too often you get to say that you're uh, part of a historical um, almost movement within a sport. What did it feel like to play in your first professional game? Uh, it was it was awesome. Kind of had a few goosebumps there. Um, it was uh, it was a very surreal feeling um, seeing a, a rink full of people cheering for you um, and cheering for what what both you and the other team are doing uh, was very special, especially in uh, female sports. Typically, female sports don't always uh, Gardner, the, the highest numbers, and to see, I think we almost had 2,000 people for that first game, and I mean, that's a lot of people, which is pretty pretty special. It's really awesome to see, and uh, uh, very motivating and, and very um, inspirational almost. What keeps you coming back year after year? Uh, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's uh, the idea of being able to develop and grow um, not just women's hockey, but women's professional sports. I, I think that every one of the players in the league is an ideal um, role model, um, not just for females and kids, but also just what it means to be a professional. Um, that deep down, everybody plays for the love of the game, and none of us are getting rich doing this, but we're trying to pave the way you talk about the realities of life. How challenging do you find it juggling your day job and playing hockey? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's incredibly difficult. I, uh, you know, I get out of bed um, anywhere between five and six and work ten to eleven hours, and then hop in the car and uh, drive two and a half to three hours, playing in traffic to practice, and then turn around and drive home and do it all over again. Um, so it, like, I, I'm definitely on the other extreme from other players. Um, but it's, uh, it's tough to work a full day and then, um, keep it going on, uh, and, uh, and be, be sharp for a practice or for a game. I know I had a teammate the first year who was a nurse and would work a night shift and then come running over to our game. Um, or we'd just finish working three nights and then we'd have a midday game, which would be when she was normally sleeping. Um, so just things like that make it uh, make a, a challenging, um, tough sport even harder. 
Uh, and it's not, it's, it's just the reality. It's just where, where the sport is right now, but um, it's definitely something that we're all working to kind of pave the way uh, so that uh, every, every, every single female athlete can truly live the dream of, of um, what, what you would think when someone says you're a professional athlete. That uh, you, you, your job, your your forty hour a week job is um, totally geared towards being professional athlete in whatever sport you choose. And what are some of your favorite riveters memories so far? Um, well, I'd say the first year we went to Japan, which is pretty uh, right there. That's just remar- remarkable. Traveling all the way across the world to go play in a foreign country and, and see the growth of the sport in another country other than the United States and uh, Canada uh, was remarkable. Uh, and it was just an amazing experience. I had never been outside of North America prior to that. So just uh, the cultural difference and getting to experience that was a, a lifelong memory. Um, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, and just... Uh, I, Honestly, just being able to um, hang out with all the girls after the games for an hour or two is, every single time. It's just something that I I love and I cherish. Um, there, that there's a time when you're at the rink, when you're hanging out with everyone, there is no, no other place you want to be in the world. It's kind of the most special time. So I always just try to enjoy it and live in the moment there. And you talk about the growth of the game outside of North America. And obviously, we've just had the, the Winter Olympics in, in South Korea. What did you make of, of that final? I mean, again, it was another tremendous final that USA and Canada put on. Uh, it was a great game. Um, you know, it, like that is always going to be a great game. There's so much history between those two teams. Um, it's unfortunate that it had to come to a shootout for anyone who has ever played having games, especially to that magnitude where it's possibly, you could say, the most important game every four years, coming to a shootout. I, I mean, first of all, just to test how close those two teams are. Um, but it's also uh, definitely, I'm sure, stings a little bit more. Um, regardless, though, that game was entertaining. It was exciting. I saw that it set a lot of viewer ratings um, in North America, which is a huge uh, with the to how far the game has come and that the game is very entertaining. Uh, I've never, you know, it seems like every four years, more and more people are talking about women's hockey, talking about the game. Um, like somebody will come up and be like, hey, did you see the game last night? And, and people know what you're talking about. It's not the football game that was on. It's not the, uh, you know, whatever other game is uh, uh, going on at that time. It is, it is the most important game in the month of February. For every four years, and it would be great to see that it become more and more frequent. That all of a sudden now the uh, you know the World Cup championship or the uh, NWHL final, the CWHL final, whatever it is, also becomes the game. Um, so it's great great to see where the, uh, the spark speed started here and the growing momentum of of women's hockey. So moving back to yourself and, of course, the Riveter season, you know, we are winding down, as you say, to those NWHL playoffs. What are your thoughts going into, like, the last couple of weeks of the season and obviously then ultimately the playoffs from a Riveter standpoint? Um, it, well, pretty well every game now is a playoff-like atmosphere. Um, obviously, our playoff series is a 
one game elimination. Um, so it gets into the any given Sunday, you know, any given day, anyone's going to win. Um, you're playing these teams now for the fifth, sixth time. So it doesn't matter if you're playing against your best friend. You probably don't like the whatever team you're playing against when you play them that many times. Uh, so it just makes for that playoff-level hockey. Um, so all the games going into this are very intense, and it's all about momentum. Um, you want to be peaking at the right time, and this is the right time. This is where you want everything to be crisp, very fluid. Uh, you want everything to be feeling right um, so that you want in the playoffs. You're just able to execute what you've been working on all season. This is it. The Riveters playoff game takes place on the 18th of March at home, and that's going to be an incredible atmosphere. We know that the Buttes are going to be playing at home in the other semi-final on the Saturday, and that's going to be an incredible weekend of hockey that starts off the playoff season. But just before I let you go, something completely away from hockey, Ashley, I've heard on the grapevine you're a Star Wars fan, a huge Star Wars fan. So which film is your favourite? I am... A uh, huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, oh, I would have to say Episode Five is probably my favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, probably my favorite. But I, I love all of them. Um, I've watched them all so many times. Um, there's just you can any of the girls in the locker room. They know I just have a. A uh, huge love. I think I think the movie series are absolutely unreal. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I've asked a lot of the players at various times for anyone who's listened to the podcast whether they are a Star Wars or Star Trek fan and more so leaning towards Star Wars from the players I've spoken to. Tremendous series of films. Episode 5 is also my favourite. Empire Strikes Back, phenomenal movie and I think it's got so much grit to it and it's exciting and everything else. But Ashley... It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'd like to thank you for joining me today and would like to wish you and the team all the best as we head towards the NWHL playoffs. Thank you, and again, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Excellent stuff from Ashley. And that just about wraps up today's episode. I'd like to thank today's guests for joining me on Women's Hockey Digest. Every week I'll be joined by players from the NWHL to discuss hockey and much more. But for now, I've been your host, Stephen Elmich. You can find me on Twitter at TalkSportStephen. You can find the podcast at WH Digest. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. All the details are in the episode notes. But until next time, it's a good night from me.